I want everyone who's listening to picture yourself and take your right hand and reach your hand kind of outward and upward. And if you even want to do it physically, you outward and upward. And you say, okay, I'm reaching out outward and upward with my right hand, and I'm taking the hand of people who are stronger Christians, who have gone further down the road than me. And I take their hands, and they disciple me. They encourage. And I don't care if you call it discipleship, mentoring, encouraging. doesn't matter. They're helping me grow closer to Jesus. This is A Third of Us. Your gateway to the unreached. Presented by the Alliance for the Unreached. Mobilizing believers to take the gospel to the least reached and unengaged around the world. For more than 20 years, our host has committed his life to this cause. Here's Greg Kelly, CEO of World Mission. Well, hello, friend, and welcome again to an episode of A Third of Us. I am very sure you are going to be glad you took this time, set it aside, and just hear what God's got to say to you. My guest is here in studio, a dear friend of mine and someone who I consider an amazing influencer for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, today we're talking about the Great Commission like we so frequently do, but here's the angle that we're going to be discussing today. Jesus' last words are all about mobilization. Now, are you ready for this? For every follower of Jesus. You see, as you and I share and steward, really, the good news message here locally, it actually better positions us to have a heart for the nations who have never heard of his precious word. Today's episode of A Third of Us, we are going to introduce you to one of the great pastors who I said is right here in studio with us, Kevin Harney. He serves in California at a wonderful uh, body of believers at Shoreline Community Church. Now, Dr. Harney and his precious wife, Sherry, they do Jerusalem and the ends of the earth as well as anyone I've ever met. Kevin and I, we are jumping in right now. Great to have you with us, buddy. Greg, it's a privilege to be here, and I love any time I can hang out with you and I can uh, just be around someone who encourages me to fulfill the call of the Great Commission. Well, the, the name Organic Outreach, Kevin, in and of itself, is one of the great names out there because it kind of leaves you with the idea that something's going on. It's starting kind of, well, organically. It's starting out in individuals, and Jesus has called all of us to be his followers. So let's start right there. Just give us a little background of the uh, origin or the genesis of Organic Outreach and, and how the Lord uh, called you to start this. Great. It's about a 12-hour story. Let me give it to you in three minutes here. <laughs> but uh, when I became a follower of Jesus out of an atheistic home, uh, I looked around and I saw Christian homes and Christians and churches, and I thought, man, this, this is amazing that God loves us, that Jesus died and rose again, and the whole world should know. And so I just started looking and saying, well, I guess that, that we as Christians maybe should tell people about this. And so I, uh, as, as time went by, I recognized that some churches, some Christians, some organizations really do focus outward with the gospel, but some don't. So I started asking, well, how do you naturally, organically move people to do something that they want to do, but in some cases they're scared or nervous, not sure what to do? And so my wife and I together ended up writing three books, one called Organic Outreach for Families, Turning Your Home into a Lighthouse. That's about how do you naturally reach your children with the gospel, your first mission field, your own children, and your neighbors together. How do you reach your community with the gospel? Then we wrote a book called Organic Outreach for Ordinary People, uh, and that's really just about 
every Christian who loves Jesus, who says, I may not be an evangelist, but I do have people that I want to share Jesus with. It gives them practical tools to do that. And then Organic Outreach for Churches is really helping every local church become a mission station, which it should be. It doesn't matter whether you're in Africa or in Latin America or in the United States. Every church should be a mission station. So that, that's Organic Outreach International is helping people to naturally, as God designed them, share the good news of Jesus. So today we're going to obviously get into the whole international emphasis of things. And, and, and that verse in, in particular in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus' last words where it talks about being my disciples and you're, you're my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. But we talk so many times, Kevin, about international missions. And it's, it's my conviction, and I've heard so many other leaders that I trust have the same conviction. It's that, hey, if we're not doing it well locally— and if we don't have a heart for our next door neighbor, how in the world is God going to maximize using us to the ends of the earth if we don't even get it right next door? So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, one interesting thing, if you look at it the right way, every community in the world is the ends of the earth to somebody. So my, to, my friend, to my friends in Australia and New Zealand, America is the ends of the earth, right? Uh, to me here, uh, you, know, you know, Kenya and the surrounding area that—, that, that those Christians there can reach out to it. That's the ends of the earth. And so, you know, when Jesus, after he rose from the dead in glory, he conquered sin, hell, and death. He rose from the dead before he ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. He actually taught some more. He hung out for about 40 days with his followers. He poured into them. And right before he ascended, before, I mean, you get the picture, the disciples see him ascend. They're looking up in the clouds. He's gone. These angels come. What are you looking for? Well, you know, and it's, it's, it's a powerful picture. But in that very moment, uh, Jesus said to his followers, uh, you know, you're going to be my witnesses. And here's where you're going to do it. In Jerusalem, which is for each person, you have your home base, where you live, where you are, right where you are. That's your Jerusalem. Judea, surrounding community. And, and he's talking to those leaders at that time. They had their Jerusalem right where they lived. We have our Jerusalems. Judea, your surrounding area. For, for you, you know, Greg, and for, and, and for World Mission, it's the greater Grand Rapids area. That's your Judea. For me, it's Monterey County. I live in Monterey, California. That's my Judea. Then Jesus says, you're going to go to Samaria. Now, don't think now about another concentric circle. Think now about a people group, mm. specifically the people groups that some people avoided. Yes. Because if you were in the first century and you were a Jewish person, going back to 722 BC, uh, when, when the people of Israel were exiled from the northern kingdom, and then there was a few stragglers left behind, they intermarried with the people. The capital was Samaria of, of the northern kingdom. And those, those half-breeds, mixed people were the Samaritans of the first century. And the Jews, if they walked through Samaritan territory, they would wash their feet afterwards. They didn't even want the dirt from that area on their feet. It's kind of like us if we're if we're walking along and we step into uh, what a dog has left behind, and you you know you're, and you scrape it off your shoe. They would do that with the dirt of Samaria. So when Jesus says, "You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right where you live, Judea, surrounding community, Samaria," to the Jews, they would have gone, "Oh, that's the place we don't want to go." You know, who are the people, you know, do you, do you avoid the homeless, certain kinds of people, types of people? I know people that don't like being around rich people. Mm. That, those might be, there's, some people don't like being around poor people. Those can become your Samaria. The people I kind of avoid, but Jesus says, you're going to go there. And then the ends of the earth is all the way as far as you can imagine or dream. And one of the things with World Mission that I love is that World Mission is going, you know, to World Mission, the ends of the earth are those places that have not yet heard the message of Jesus. They, they have the smallest percentage chance of hearing about Jesus. World Mission is going there to the ends of the earth to bring the good news of the gospel. That's, that's how I see those four, those four different areas, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. 
Yeah, that's a really good breakdown. I mean, very just in a visible way helps you kind of understand it because you're right. We all have our Jerusalem, and um, to one person, the ends of the earth is is that other person's Jerusalem. Yeah. So that's that's absolutely accurate. Now we're doing some partnering projects together. And I'd like to talk about a country. To me, Kevin, there's so much about um, East Africa, and particularly Kenya, that is, is just kind of a poster child to help us learn. I mean, if we've been given the assignment by Jesus and he used his last words to give us the Great Commission, I'm pretty sure he wants us to get it done. And, uh, you know, we tell people all the time that as we're sending more Bibles, missionaries, resources than any time in history, uh, we also have access to more data than any time in history, knowing the condition of the harvest field. And so that's what, you know, coming back to Kenya makes it so strategic because there are many Christians there. But, but you guys really have a mindset when you're looking at a place like Kenya where there is a lot of Christianity. People need to grow and they need to fall in love more with Jesus. And we're all, it's a, it's a, a continuum that never ends. I mean, the, the pursuit of becoming more like Jesus, all right? But at the same time, you really see an opportunity in a place like Kenya as far as the strategy that is intentionally deposited on the front end of your training. So explain to us how you guys think at Organic Outreach when you're going into a place like Kenya. Yeah, you know, there, there's <clears throat> every country, every people group has needs, no question about it. But in terms of needing to be exposed to the gospel, some places have a lot of that, some people have a little, uh, some places have a little bit. Kenya's interesting because Kenya is, is and, and actually, Greg, you shared this with me, you know, that Kenya is the most Christianized nation in the world in terms of per capita of people who are committed to Jesus. Kenya leads the way. But all around it are countries that drop off to like less than 1% are Christian, which is really a unique thing. And you think, okay, what's going on here? Well, I think God has created this movement in Kenya so that can be kind of a beachhead or a starting point, a launch pad. When we think about organic outreach, we're always thinking multiplication. Not just can we reach one person, but how can that one person meet other, you know, reach other people? How can we reach a church that trains their people to reach hundreds of people? Multiply, multiply, multiply. Well, a place like Kenya, and we're looking at partnering with, uh, with the church I serve, Shoreline Church and Organic Arch International, the organization that my wife and I founded and, and still partner in leadership from visionary leadership. Uh, Walt Bennett leads it practically day to day, but uh, Sherry and I give visionary direction to it. Uh, partnering with World Mission and together saying, how do we go to Kenya and equip and train leaders there who will become the missionaries to these other nations and all through the Horn of Africa. And so if you have this, if you have this, this kind of launch pad in Kenya, and now what you have is also people coming from these other nations that have almost no uh, Christian witness at all, m many of them very uh, almost thoroughly Muslim, they're coming into Kenya into refugee camps, they can be reached with the gospel, and when they go back to their home countries, they can become the missionaries who bring the good news of Jesus. I think that's a divinely appointed strategy, and we're excited to be partnering with Organic Arts International, World Mission, and our church. Yeah, it's, it's super. I mean, Kenya is, is just a, a really... Um, the epitome of that kind of a strategy being uh, utilized because th there's so many resources. I mean, when we talk about resources, you know, people t immediately start thinking about dollars, um, maybe even Bible distribution or, or, you know, water wells or whatever it happens to be. I really feel, Kevin, like the greatest resource is the people there because those are the discipleship makers that we need to pour into. And that's kind of the heart uh, of organic outreach. And in, in regard to that, Kevin, um, 
you know, when we talk about the Great Commission and finishing the job, you kept mentioning the word multiplication. And I'd just like you to just do a little deeper dive on that because you guys really believe that that is the key. And I think, you know, there's a verse that we had talked about before, the Second Timothy 2.2, that's really four generations of multiplication, the things you've heard me share in the presence of many witnesses, share with other faithful men who will share with others faithfully. But it is literally the strategy to really fulfilling the Great Commission. So uh, as organic outreach touches anything, it's, it's you see, and, I, and I, I know this about you, you see the person, but you see the second and the third generation already, and you're intentional about that. So talk to us, why is that so important, that kind of an attitude? Well, first, I would say when you ask about multiplication, um, one of the things we do is we create resources all the time to give away to churches and to give away to ministries. And that's how you multiply. If you say, uh, this is $9.99 or 23 payments of $10.99 over the next you know, four years, it scares people away. We create things and give them away for free. And so if your listeners, uh, if any of them go to organicoutreach.org, just the word organicoutreach.org, about 95% of the resources on that website, and there's tons of stuff, about 95% are free. The things that cost something cost something because a publisher owns them or because uh, we're trying to underwrite the ministry so we can give other things away free. And so, you know, multiply by sharing. And I love, you guys don't go places and say, hey, we want to give you this treasure. It's going to be $9.99. You say, here's the word of God, and you give it away. Well, someone's paying for that. And and so those, those so, so then... Here, here's the picture, and my wife and I just finished a book called Organic Disciples. It hasn't even released yet. It comes out in December of this year, uh, and then it really releases January of next year, of 2022. But the idea of Organic Disciples is that we would all live a natural discipleship life. But here's the way I explain it, right out of 2 Timothy 2.2 that you just quoted so beautifully. Uh, in 2 Timothy 2.2, we're told that there's always four generations in the discipleship journey. So I want everyone who's listening to picture yourself and take your right hand and reach your hand kind of outward and upward. And if you even want to do it physically, you outward and upward. You say, okay, I'm reaching out outward and upward with my right hand, and I'm taking the hand of people who are stronger Christians, who have gone further down the road than me. And I take their hands, and they disciple me. They encourage. And I don't care if you call it discipleship, mentoring, encouraging. doesn't matter. They're helping me grow closer to Jesus. I've got a guy named Paul Cedar. He used to be the, the president of the Evangelical Free Church. He mentors me. He takes my hand every, every six to eight weeks. We talk, we pray, he helps me grow. I got another guy called Carl Overbeek, kind of like the, the bishop of the Reformed Church in California for years. And that's where I am now. You know, Carl is, you know, 15, 20 years older than me. He takes my hand about every four to six weeks and helps me grow in my faith. I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian a long time. I need people to help me grow. Kevin, are you growing as, you know, my name's Kevin. Kevin, are you growing as a disciple? Yes, my right hand is reaching out and I have people helping me grow. Also, I have some dead people helping me grow. C.S. Lewis mentors, <laughs> C.S. Lewis mentors me. Uh, Dallas Willard, who died died not that long ago, they, their books help me grow in faith. So mm. someone's helping you grow. Then second person in this equation is me. I've got to steward my own spiritual growth. I've got to be in the Word. I've got to pray. I've got to be a worshiper. I've got to be joyfully generous and share what I have. I've got to be humbly serving in the name of Jesus. That's my discipleship. So someone's helping me, generation one. I'm stewarding my own growth, generation two. Now my left hand, I reach out to the left and kind of down a little bit. And I say, who can I grab, take their hand and help them grow in their faith? My three sons and their wives. I'm helping them grow in faith. Uh, leaders on the, in the church I pastor, I'm help, and I've got people I'm discipling, mentoring, helping 
helping grow in different ways to walk more closely with Jesus. So now you got three generations. Your right hand's grabbing the hand of someone who's helping you grow. You're stewarding your own spiritual maturity. You got to take care, take care of your own soul, feed yourself spiritually. You're taking the hand of somebody else to help them grow. But now watch, here's the fourth generation. You're teaching that person who's holding your left hand, who's, who's be, coming, coming along behind you, growing, you're teaching them how to do the same thing you're doing. So then they take some, so then now there's five hands locked and six hands locked. And here's the beauty, Greg, here's the beauty. Every person listening right now, and you and I, we are here because somebody took the hand of somebody and helped them grow spiritually, going all the way back to the disciples in the first century. You know, Peter took someone's hand and helped them grow. And that person took someone's hand. I don't know who I'm a descendant of in terms of that chain of hands, but, but if you say to most Christians, are you growing as a disciple? They'll go, well, I love Jesus and I read my Bible sometimes. I go, I go to church. I guess so. And I'm going to say, well, let me ask you, are you holding the hand of someone who's helping you grow? Are you stewarding your own growth? Are you reaching out and helping somebody else grow? And are you teaching them how to do the same? Now you're talking about multiplying disciples. That is a powerful, powerful picture. Kevin, I want to ask you a question. You've kind of answered it, my friend, already with that just beautiful illustration. Uh, but th there's people who are listening to uh, a third of us right now. And we always try to connect us with the ends of the earth. And sometimes that's tricky, you know. I mean, most of us, the reality is, including probably myself, I'm not planning on going to Mogadishu, Somalia anytime soon. Yet here Kevin Harney and I are talking about doing exactly that, reaching the ends of the earth as it relates to the Horn of Africa. And I think it's critical that every follower of Jesus, because we are all stewards of Jesus' last words, the, the Great Commission. We are all stewarding it. But for a lot of people, they feel disconnected from that. And, and maybe they just need uh, a, a starting point and just um, an encouragement of, okay, here's where you're at. That's okay no matter where you're at. But encourage them today, Kevin, uh, in the standpoint of just that starting point so that Acts 1-8 can explode inside of their spirit and they can feel like they are also a participant in it. What would you say with that person? I'm going to give you four words. Number one word, pray. Pray for the ends of the earth. There is power. We, we prayed together today uh, with leaders from World Mission in the power of the Spirit for, uh, for God's ministry in Pakistan and Afghanistan. All right? There is power in prayer. Never, never belittle or think small of prayer. And so everyone can do this. Word number one, pray. Word number two, give. I'm telling you, find those ministries that are reaching the ends of the earth and you want to be a partner, be faithful in your giving. Do, give something regularly to ends of the earth ministries. So pray and give. And then third, share. You share the story of Jesus. Share that story of his salvation, of his grace, of his love. And, and share it regularly as often as you can. And Because when you're doing it, you're doing it at some, the end of somebody's earth, you know. And, and here's the thing. If it's a family member, a grandchild, a friend, a neighbor, somebody who, who's part of your tennis club or it's something you do socially, and you share the message of Jesus, that's the good news. That's the gospel. And it needs to be shared all over the world. So you start sharing right where you are. And here's the last word, available. You'd be available to say, Lord, if there is a chance for me to go somewhere further than where I am, a step out into the world, I'm willing to go. Like Isaiah, you know, when, when, when he said, you know, here I am, Lord, you know, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, who, who, who will go for me? You know, who, will, who can I send? And, and Isaiah says, puts his hand up and says, me, choose me, Lord. And then God prepared him through a very in a very profound way. In the glory of God's holiness, you know, Isaiah felt that calling. And so, so you know, that's my encouragement. Pray. And then, you know, give 
be generous, um, share your stories and the story of Jesus, uh, and then be available if God wants to lead you. That's uh, right there, my friend, where the rubber hits the road. <laughs> it's good stuff right there. Actionable, my friend. Actionable. So you take these words from uh, Dr. Kevin Harney that he has poured into your life. He's been pouring this kind of stuff into me for years. I am so grateful for him. Kevin, organic outreach. What what a, a gem to the body of Christ. You, you had already uh, given us some information on resources, but if someone's listening today, they want to learn more about organic outreach or they want to avail themselves to this uh, you know, amazing uh, library of resources. Help, help us again to, to know how do we connect. Go on to organicoutreach.org, and you can also contact our president and CEO, Walt Bennett. He actually does 20 to 30-minute free uh, assessments and teaching of any pastor who contacts the ministry. So go on that website and click, I want to do a free assessment. Uh, Robin, who is our, our admin and oversees all of our organizational things, but not our admin. She's she's our equipping partner. She is uh, She's really helping to run the ministry, but also partner with people that want to be part of Organic Outreach. You can go on the website, call the number, and ask for Robin. We're, we literally are here to help and serve any church, any ministry any nonprofit that wants to share the gospel. So organicoutreach.org. Uh, you can get the phone number there and contact Robin. You can contact Walt through the website. And we are here to serve you and encourage you to fulfill the Great Commission. And, and, and Greg, thank you for all you do with World Mission. And it's a joy to serve in partnership with you. Mm, thanks, my friend. You are a blessing. Appreciate you being with us. Wow. We have literally never had a guest offer our Third of Us family such a feast of free resources. Please, please, please take advantage of Kevin's offer, uh, the great work at Organic Outreach and, and how you can implement that into your pursuit of Jesus. Now, as you're asking the Lord how to steward his last words even more faithfully than you currently are, we invite you to visit us, the Third of Us family. Just simply go to a thirdofus.org, learn about the tribe mark, how you can begin even today implementing awareness to the third of the world without access to the gospel message. You can learn about prayer points and the many opportunities to make Jesus known to the world that imagine this, they are yet to hear for the first time of the love of Jesus Christ. So friends, avail yourself to those resources. We are so thankful you took time out today to join us on A Third of Us. My name's Greg Kelly, and I'm looking forward to catching you next time on A Third of Us. This has been A Third of Us, your gateway to the unreached. Get involved in the movement, taking the gospel to the least reached and unengaged at a thirdofus.org. Thanks for listening.